it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you and welcome to another edition of your SmackDown study. This is your SmackDown study for September 17th, 2021. I can't believe we're almost to October. It's almost Halloween season, folks. It's best time of the year. Yes, I understand everybody likes their Thanksgiving and their Christmas, but every holiday matters, folks. And Halloween, it's a good time. That's next month. This is this month. We are hot right off of another good SmackDown. Very impressed with the consistency of this show. And let's just jump right into it. So our our show kicks off tonight with, of course, the head of the table, Tribal Chief and the Universal Champion, Roman Reigns with the rest of the bloodline. And, of course, Roman takes his moment to have Knoxville, Tennessee acknowledge him and the rest of the bloodline. And, of course, Roman gets his mixed reactions from the crowd, some boos, some cheers. And he instructs his wise man, Paul Heyman, to have the crowd do a better job of acknowledging him. But before we can get too far... Our new WWE champion, Big E, from Raw, has come to the show, comes out to confront Roman. However, not to be left in the dust, Finn Balor himself comes out as well. So things look like we're going to get a little interesting. And, of course, naturally, we go to our break because... That's what SmackDown does best, is go to breaks right when the action starts to start. (laughs) So naturally, once we come back, we have ourselves an impromptu tag team match, as it is the Usos taking on Finn Balor and Big E. Pretty good match. Uh, The match ends with Big E and Finn Balor both hitting their respective finishers at the same time, both of the Usos and getting the win. I have to say though, I absolutely love 
the whole dynamic that's going on currently on SmackDown when it comes to Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar. The whole, did Heyman know that Brock was coming to SummerSlam or didn't he? And obviously the history when it comes to Heyman, when it comes to Brock. Because if you remember, if you've been watching WWE television for quite some time, Paul Heyman used to be a CM Punk guy as well. And what happened when Brock Lesnar came back to the show? Paul Heyman's loyalties shifted back to the beast, leaving Punk in the wind. And, well, we all know how that worked out when it came to that feud. But, you know, when it comes to Punk, you know, he he went away for a little while, but now he's all elite. So I guess it wasn't too bad for him. (laughs) So it brings that what's going to happen when it comes to Roman and Brock. Now, there was a match that was made official for Crown Jewel. Uh, which I believe is in October, uh, for Roman Reigns currently to be taking on Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. Now, of course, this can all change come Extreme Rules when Finn Balor, or I should say the Demon, comes and gets his opportunity at Roman Reigns for the title at Extreme Rules. So, who knows where this is going I'm kind of a little sad that the demon's going to come out and most more than likely lose to Roman. I would venture a guess to say that it's probably going to be via some type of shenanigan. It just, I don't see Roman beating Finn clean or beating the, the demon clean, period. So I'm still looking forward to the match. But with Crown Jewel... Things are different. It's not catering to a U.S. crowd. So things things can change over there. And things have changed in the past, and it's not worked out well. So we'll see how things go. But like I said, that also is in October. This is tonight. So let's move on with this show. After that, We have the continuation of the meteoric rise of Rick Boogs as he takes on the other half of the Dirty Dogs, Robert Rude. And I'm a little bit lost for words when it comes to it because as much as I love Rick Boogs, and I understand the whole concept of the veterans putting over the the new kids. I get it. It's just, it still seems so weird to me to see someone with the caliber of Rick, uh, of Rick, of um, Rob Rude and even Dolph Ziggler losing in singles competition. I can understand tag team matches because, you know, things can happen and, you know, whatever. But it's just, I don't know. And, and I love Rick Boogs. I'm, I'm not dispar- uh, disparaging him at, at all. It's just, it still seems so weird to me. But Boogs, once again, gets the win. But he has not much time to celebrate. Uh, we end up having, once again, our rockout session on top of the SmackDown commentary table with Pat McAfee, uh, Shinsuke, and Rick Boogs all jamming out until Apollo and Commander Aziz show up and decimate 
both the king and Rick Boogs. So Apollo has a problem with Shinsuke making a mockery of the Intercontinental Championship, and he wants himself a rematch for that title. Now, Shinsuke has beaten him, I believe, three times now. So who knows at this point? I would assume they probably will have their match at Extreme Rules. I also would like to point out that while it is Extreme Rules, the pay-per-view, I don't think we have any matches so far that have been made that have any type of stipulation, which is unfortunate, which is another reason why I believe they should just scrap the whole pay-per-view and... No, it's another gimmick pay-per-view that they're clearly not using anymore. So let's get rid of it. There's too many for the <laughs> there's too many for WWE to worry about as of right now, anyways. So one less shouldn't be a problem. We then were supposed to have a match between Kevin Owens and Mr. Happy Baron Corbin. But Corbin decides that this match is not going to happen tonight. As he attacks KO, as KO is making his way down to the ring. So the match was called off. Obviously, I assume this then will shift to probably extreme rules. And this one might actually have a gimmick attached to it, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, it's, there's still two weeks left until we get to extreme rules. After that, Seth Rollins, the visionary, and I called him last night the Silver Surfer Superstar because, my God, this man was in uh, some shimmery silver suits. Oh, my God. Like, people call him the Drip Master. It's just, I love the audacity that he has (laughs) to wear the things that he does. And it's just, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I appreciate it. Um, coming out, make, having probably one of his best promos that he's ever done. This man has dropped some fantastic promos, basically stating that because he felt bad for Edge for a split second after delivering that stomp to him, that he needs to cleanse himself of edge and he needs to rectify that moment of weakness that he calls. So he wants one more match with edge to settle this whole thing for good. Now, obviously edge being out of action because of said stomp Seth saying he heard a pop and a crunch and, you know, I can only expect that if they're not going to do this for extreme rules, They'll do it for the next pay-per-view. Maybe Crown Jewel. Who knows? Either way, we're going to get our third match at some point, and it will be the end of this. Um, And quite frankly, that makes me a tad bit sad because I've really, really thoroughly enjoyed this feud between these two. The promos alone have been worth the weight in gold, and the matches themselves have just been gems. Uh, I love the fact that Edge has been gone for a decade, and he still looks like he hasn't missed a step. So... I'm excited for it. It'll happen eventually. And when it does, we will all rejoice. After that, we had women's tag team action in a match that should have happened last week at Madison Square Garden, but was cut due to time restrictions. It was Zelina Vega and Carmella taking on Liv Morgan and Tony Storm. Unfortunately, this match did not last anywhere near as long as it should have. As Liv at one point took Carmella's face 
smashed it into the bottom turnbuckle, and it looked like Carmella had a nose injury. Zelina took her towards the back, getting the count out. So Liv and Tony do win via count out, but the match, like I said, lasted, I don't know, three minutes maybe. This is something they could have easily done at Madison Square Garden, given the ladies some time to be out there anyways. And obviously with everything being as important as it was for Zelina not having that moment really kind of, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a little upsetting, but it is what it is. We get our match, and it ends like it does. So this then turns into a confrontation, or at least a verbal confrontation from Liv, saying that she's, she's not done with this. And so she challenges Carmella to a match at Extreme Rules, which Carmella does accept later on in the night. So at least we'll have a couple of women's matches on the pay-per-view. So that's, I guess I guess something something works out. After that, we for the I think, believe it was probably the third or fourth, three out of four weeks or maybe three weeks in a row. Dominic trying to get a victory over Sami Zayn, once again, does not happen. <laughs> um, Sammy goading, uh, gloating to Rey Mysterio after the match, stating that he's not ready and he's just not able to get it going. I'm assuming this is good due to this is continuing the frustration that Dominic's having so that he will eventually turn on his father. I'm banking on it because that's exactly where this is leading. If it doesn't happen that way, then I, I probably will be legitimately surprised. But as of right now, I still see that coming. We then had a nice we talk about confrontations in the back between Naomi and Sonya Deville. Now, ever since Naomi has come over, you've seen her attitudes get a little darker and a little darker and a little darker. Well, last night <laughs> on SmackDown, she asserted her, I would say, dominance over Sonya, basically stating that she needs and she wants, not even a need, she wants a match. She needs a match. And Sonya needs to give it to her. Or else. This clearly rattled uh, official Sonya Deville. So we'll see what happens. Now, people have been clamoring for her and Naomi to get in the ring together. So be Sonya's way of getting back into the ring. We'll see what happens. I really do like her as a 30 figure, but I also really like her as a wrestler. So honestly, either way. I'm happy with what Sonya's going to be doing next. So having an agenda against a female wrestler works and getting so fed up that she gets in the ring to fight her as well also works. I also need Naomi to join the bloodline at some point. And if this is the caveat to do it, then God damn it, I'm all for it. We then have an interview in the back with Big E. And Biggie then gets jumped by the Usos. The Usos do a number on him. At the very end, you see Roman walking up, celebrating with his boys after how they take out Biggie, leaving him pretty banged up. And it's tough because he doesn't have anybody with him because his boys, the New Day, are over on Raw. And, well, folks, we're getting one hell of a pay-per-view main event that, 
quite frankly, I, I feel doesn't deserve to be on Monday Night Raw, but I understand the NFL season is back and you need to combat Monday Night Football. So we're getting the bloodline versus the New Day on Monday Night Raw. Six-man tag. It's the first time Roman Reigns will be on Raw in well over a year. I know the draft is coming. I fully expect Big E to be drafted to Raw because currently he's still a SmackDown superstar. He just has the WWE Championship, which is a Raw championship. So I fully expect first pick of round one, he'll be drafted over to Raw. Unless they shock everybody and draft Roman over to Raw. If they do that, that could be interesting. But that's the draft. That's also in October. So a lot of things are happening in October. I'm excited to get to it because we have plenty to talk about. So after that, we get personally my favorite WWE Hall of Famer, the mayor of Knox County himself, Glenn Jacobs, or better known as Kane, comes out to the ring to present the key to the county to Bianca Belair. This is Bianca's homecoming, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, this was a nice little uh, heartwarming segment. And, of course, towards the end, Becky has to come out. And, you know, because earlier in the night, she said she's never been to a homecoming. So she wanted to see what this is all about. Comes in and I got to say, her drip is nearly as good as her husband's. And I love the fact that it seems like a small, fun competition between the two uh, to who has the best drip. So they have themselves a nice little verbal confrontation, obviously leading towards extreme rules. And Becky says, no, no, at the end, this is your night. I just came out to say congratulations. And she held out her hand to shake her hand. I'm like, oh, if you remember what happened at SummerSlam, this won't end well for somebody. And sure enough, Bianca does take her hand. Becky turns to leave. but Bianca holds on. We do the whole little tug thing. They get in each other's face. Becky then goes to leave again, have a little scruffle. But Becky, unfortunately, ends up getting the better of Bianca in her hometown. So this, of course, goes on par with how WWE is when it comes to hometowns. You may have a small celebration, but eventually you will end up on the losing end of things in your own home city. It's just how it works. So that ends up happening. Becky leaves on top, and the show ends. So it's a nice building episode going into Extreme Rules, which I said will be in two weeks, I believe, on the 26th. We'll be here to cover it. I will be giving my my picks on the SmackDown study right before the pay-per-view, and then I'll be doing a, a solo post show um, covering everything that had happened if you guys don't have a time to watch the pay-per-view. Now, I want to thank everybody once again for listening. I uh, apologize for the delay in this episode coming out. But it is here. It is now. It is ready to go. And if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube as Above the Ring. 
You can find myself everywhere at Scotty J Stream, and you can find this podcast on pretty much every podcasting platform that is out there. If we're not on one app, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. That way you can get all your one-stop shopping done at Little Bedlam to your day from above the ring. Now, speaking of our podcast, Sam and I recently just did our first interview of a professional wrestler. She is the first ever female chaotic wrestling heavyweight champion. Her name is Davian, and she is one of the best women to ever lace up the boots when it comes to New England wrestling. And I highly recommend that you go back and look for that episode. It is our brand new Catch a View series. Uh, because, of course, who doesn't want to catch a view from above the ring? So go out, take a listen to it. Let us know what you think of the episode. Let us know what you think of this episode. We truly appreciate you guys. Most importantly, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Good night. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.